In this podcast episode, we want to introduce you to our BCEN friend, Austin Johnson. Come along as Michael Dexter and Holly Briggs talk with Austin about the topics of trauma, emergency, critical care, and transport nursing. It's a conversational ride-along into certification and mentoring, and so much more. This episode is called Transporting a Passion for Certification in Nursing. Hello, and welcome to the BCN and Friends podcast, where we hold interesting conversations about learning with a range of thought leaders, BCN certification holders, and industry professionals, but most importantly, to create value and insight for you, our professional nurses across the emergency spectrum. We hope you find our discussions interesting, informative, sometimes funny, sometimes serious, but always valuable. I'm Holly Briggs, a professional development specialist at BCN and one of your hosts for today. I am joined by my co-host, Michael Dexter, Director of Professional Development at BCN. Hi, Michael. Hey, Holly. It's great to be with you today. Great to have you with us. In this episode of BCN and Friends, we have Austin Johnson, an experienced emergency critical care transport nurse from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Those of you who follow BCN on social media will know Austin from our BCN Insta crew. Michael, could you please introduce us to our BCN and friend, Austin? Sure. Austin is a registered nurse born, raised, and living in Florida. He's a critical care transport nurse with Advent Health Central Florida, one of the largest hospital systems in the country with an equally large fleet of ground and flight transport units. Austin holds all five BCEN credentials as well as two other specialty certifications and has been a mentor for the BCEN Instacrew, helping spread the word about the importance of emergency nursing certification and continuing education. Austin has also spoken at several conferences and loves sharing his passion for education and professional development with the nursing community. Austin believes that every nurse should have access to the knowledge, skills, and tools they need to do the best job they can. And if he can help them find those, he will. Austin, welcome to the BCN and Friends podcast. It was a pleasure to have you with us today. Thanks, Holly. Thanks, Michael. It's good to be here with you. And Austin, we know you from um, being involved with BCN. We know you from uh, attending some conferences with BCN, speaking at our very first inaugural BCN Learn Live conference. But can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your nursing career? Sure. Uh, so I started nursing school. Uh, I'm originally from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where my family has lived for uh, what feels like forever. And I went to nursing school. I started in January of 2013. I got my first nursing job in the Broward Health System down in South Florida, and I was working in a trauma step-down unit. Um, we It was a three-to-one ratio. I got to see a lot of different things, people getting central lines and chest tubes at the bedside, people who were um, trached and vented. So think multi-system traumas, head to toe. They really need full assist. You really can't take care of more than three of these people at the same time. Um, they have like an assistive device on like every single system. And uh, I really enjoyed it for what it was, but I was like, this isn't fast enough. So I was there um, 20, the end of 2014, worked there for just under two years. Um, the TCRN came out and that was actually my first BCN certification. Cause I'm like, I'm not technically an emergency nurse, but I am a trauma nurse. So I took that one. I was like, all right, this is really exciting. I'm learning more about emergency and trauma resuscitation. I'm like, that's the goal. That's where I'm going. So I transferred to the emergency room 
started working in the emergency room thing, uh, was there for about a year and I went straight into the trauma bay. So I was a trauma resuscitation nurse full-time. Uh, all I did was the, the gunshots, the car accidents, the slip and fall, the drone eloquence. Um, and I loved it. Probably my number one favorite job, uh, other than ground transport nursing, uh, my number one favorite hospital-based job. Uh, while I was there, I picked up a per diem job as my first uh, flight nurse. So I was a fixed wing flight nurse, really enjoyed that. I liked the autonomy of it, still protocol driven, but I got to use my brain. I used to that for a little while, um, figured I wanted a different change of scenery. I moved over to St. Petersburg, Florida, which I had lived for a little bit of my undergrad and worked in a ground transport unit there. Loved that. Uh, picked up a side gig in their trauma ICU. I'm like, well, I have trauma and I know, I know conceptually how to take care of a really sick person, but I want to see if I can do it. Worked there, the ground transport unit, the trauma ICU at the same time for a while. And I was like, okay, cool. I feel much more comfortable and confident. So now I've got the emergency. I have the ICU stuff. I have the transport stuff. I'm feeling good. Um, then the pandemic happened. Uh, ended up moving home with my parents and my grandmother whose health had a pretty drastic change, a big change in her functional status. So I moved home to help take care of her. I had another fixed wing flight job, which I did almost full time. Um, and they were trying to, they were being very nice. They were trying to keep me away from COVID patients. So I didn't like bring it directly home to my uh, 86 year old grandmother. So I was flying heart defects, uh, children from South America, from the islands back to South Florida for their, their surgeries. So I did that for a while. And then, um, I had an opportunity to, in South Florida, uh, we have our Broward College and they have a program, a continuing education program where all of the nurses who are going in the emergency room for the area hospital system, several of them, it's actually about 17 different hospitals, send all of their ER nurses together as one cohort, sit in a classroom with a teacher, learn skills, play with all the stuff, do simulation, lectures, and then go back out to work. It's actually part of their hospital orientation. So I had the opportunity to um, not only run that course, but um, help design changes to it and everything, which was um, pretty great. Um, my family decided that they needed to get up and uh, move. They wanted a change of scenery too. And I'm like, well, you, you can't get that far away from me. So I trailed behind them a little bit. I chose Orlando right here in the middle of the, the state. I saw Advent Health's fleet and I said, this is great. I love ground transport nursing. It's, it's one of my greatest loves. So I uh, applied here and been here about a year and I love it. Wow. So you've had uh, <laughs> quite a bit of experience and a <laughs> lot of ground transport experience, which I, I think is just super cool because there's not a lot of nurses that I know that have that experience and, and the ones that do, it's not always full time. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've had some situations that I've been in where uh, we've had some really sick patients that have to be emergently transferred from one facility to another. And the paramedic says, well, I need a nurse to go with me. And and there's not like a designated ground transport crew available that has that experience. And oftentimes it's the nurse that's never been in the back of an ambulance. They go, oh, you jump in there and you learn what it's like, um, which isn't always good for the patients. <laughs> it's it's a, it, it's pretty neat that you've had that experience and um, and also that transport experience with those pediatric congenital heart defects and things. That sounds really cool. It's quite something, quite something. And I, I do really enjoy the ground transport um, specialty, but also physically the area that I work in um, because I get to use every single part of all of my experience, regardless of the age of the person. Um, I know you said that you do know some nurses um, 
who are essentially like, well, you're riding along with us because that patient needs somebody with the critical care knowledge. I'm not saying that medics don't have it. Of course they do, but they, they work in a different area. And so if you've started a medicine or you've started intervention that they're not familiar with, it is the safest thing for the patient and for all of you to have somebody there who knows how to do it. And it can be pretty anxiety inducing for an ER nurse to jump in the back of an ambulance. Well, it's pretty cool, but they jump in the back of it and it's like, okay, well, what do I do now? I don't know where anything is. I don't know what equipment you do and don't have. Um, and then what if I run out of medicines? These are considerations you have to have. And if you've never done it before, you know, you can't just get it from nowhere. You have to study or get the experience somehow. Right. I was going to say, Austin, like the, the specialty of transport nursing, I mean, it, it is, it's its own unique, like niche. And again, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of, um, nurses out there doing that. And so for you to have that experience and to be able to speak to it, I mean, what would you, I mean, you're, you're obviously very passionate about it and I love that. But like, what would you say to it? Like what, if someone asked you to describe the specialty of transport nursing, like what would you say it is? When somebody asks somebody else, what is it like to be an emergency room nurse? We know the generic answer is you never know what's going to come through the door. And that's you know exciting for them. And I can, I'm going to echo that because you literally do not know what's about to happen to the point where I'm sitting in the ambulance, I'm staring at my, <laughs> my EMT, Ethan and my paramedic Shane. And, and, you know, we spend 12 and a half hours together and we're just sitting there. Sometimes we're sitting, it's been an hour. We have no assignments because we're critical care. You know, they, they don't want us to necessarily be caught up in a, in a less acute situation. All of a sudden there's a bleeding gunshot when they needs to go and they need you. So we're kind of just sitting there staring at each other and we're like, we literally don't know what what's about to happen or when. So I would say it's, I don't know the who, what, where, when, why, or how of anything. And that's the fun part. I would say it's um, how, I don't want to use the word chaos either <laughs> because it's really not. <laughs> we, we've been doing it for so long that it's, it is the, the most controlled environment because it's ours, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, we, we make it into ours. Um, but yeah, I would say you, you never know what's going to happen next. So it's just as long as you're really, really prepared and you're able to take that deep breath and just go, um, you know, mm -hmm. it has to be one of the most highly, you have to be very adaptable to be able to do it. And typically, Austin, like in your team that you work with, um, what kind of like ancillary team are, do you have around you? So um, our critical care trucks, there are on any given day, if we're all fully staffed, there are five critical care trucks, um, about 20 trucks on the road in, gen uh, in general. Mm -hmm. But the critical care trucks are a three-person crew. Um, we have an EMT, a critical care paramedic, and then a critical care nurse. Um, the nurses have varied backgrounds. Um, we, the nurses, we mimic those those CAMES requirements, which are in the process of changing, but you know, a bachelor's degree, three to five years of ER, ICU, or trauma recess experience, usually at least one specialty certification in the field that we came from, whether it's the ER or the ICU. Mm -hmm. um, but there's, there's always the three of us together. If you pull somebody away, one of us, any of us gets pulled out of it, we drop from critical care down to the ALS level. So we can do, um, you know, our advanced life support, a, a patient who needs tell your medications, but not critical care. We can't take a vented patient unless it maybe it was a chronic trach, maybe, um, but really anything that would require like vi um, patient vigilance. We have to be like staring at them. Um, it's got to be the three of us. I love that. I mean, it, it sounds like you have a pretty tight crew around you and people that you grow familiar with. 
learning how to like support one another, but also just, you know, that, that one-on-one care that that patient needs, it really does require that true team, um, approach, especially when you're on the road. So, um, thank you for speaking to that. And again, I think, you know, there's just, there's not, there's not as many transport nurses out there, you know? And so to hear about it, I mean, I hope that those who are listening to this podcast who are interested in some of the things that you're, you're bringing up, you know, they'll look into it. So thank you for that. Of course, I suggest it. I think there's a big need for us because um, I live in Central Florida and it rains constantly. And every time it rains, we know that the helicopter can't take off, right? So a lot of these transports, these really high criticality transports, they default to us. Um, doesn't matter if it's wet on the road, it's traffic or anything like that, the lights and sirens go on and we have to go, right? And so, you know, there is a definitely a need for us. It's high octane, not to use a road pun, but it, it is, it, it, it's highly fueled. Um, it's fast. It's, you know, it's very exciting. I, I love, I love what we do. I know you know that, but, um, a lot of the transport nursing, um, organizations that I see at least they're primarily pediatric only pediatric and neonatal. That's something that a lot of us have in common. I know, uh, y'all are over near Louisiana and I, you can probably think of a pediatric transport team, but can you think of an adult transport nurse on the ground? Most people can't. So I would say, you know, if you really notice a need for this, is it something that you can, you know, go to your administrators and show that there's a need for it? Uh, can you go to, if it's a public health system that has to do with your local government, can you go to them and say, you know, have you noticed that this could actually make a big difference in, in their care? Um, you never know, advocate for ourselves, right? Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that, Austin. And I, I wanted to, I mean, I could talk to you about transport all day long because I, I really I really like the topic, but I did want to change it just a little bit because, you know, you talk about advocating and you talk about, um, you know, learning and knowledge and certification. And um, you've also worked with nursing students. So in the midst of all of the experience you have with critical care, emergency and trauma Tell me a little bit about why you decided to start working with nursing students and what you find rewarding about doing that. So I, it's weird to think that I've almost, I've been a nurse for almost 10 years. And I know other people have obviously been nurses longer than I have, but to me, uh, I think of 10 years as a really long time. And I can, I remember driving to nursing school on the first day, not even in scrubs, regular clothes, didn't even have our uniforms yet. I remember going there and sitting in that chair going, I have no idea what's about to happen to me. And then to look up now, 10 years later, and think of the things that I've done. I have I was starting a 22-gauge IV catheter in a 400-pound patient on the tarmac in Haiti at 4 in the morning. I've held a you know a three-month-old who has unrepaired tetralogy fallot in the accordion position because they're blue with a sat of 50 in, a, you know, in another country in their nursery. And I'm like, how did I get here? <laughs> and I, I love that because uh, there's no panic in it. It's just literally, how did my choices end up with me doing this at this moment? Um, and I, I see a lot of myself still in a lot of nursing students when they have a, this look on their face where they may not know exactly what you're talking about, but they want to. And that's what I love. Um, you know, they, they're still trying to get used to like, all right, I have to get my foundation down, right? We have to get that in clicks. We got to do all that stuff, right? Of course. But when you're done with that, what are you going to do? Because you can literally do 
anything. So I want them to be able to see all their different options that are in front of them. And then once they find something that really resonates with them, learn a little bit more about it. What are the steps to get to do that? Maybe shadow with somebody. You can shadow with me. Wink, wink, if you want to. Um, you know, we can work on that because um, I want you to be able to do literally whatever you want to do. I want you to balance your work in your life. I want you to be happy. I want you to be a nurse and I want you to love it. It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's, it's pretty sad when you see these young nurses that are so excited and, and you and I are trying to inspire them. And then you hear other people that go, Oh, just give them a year or two. It'll all die down. You're like, why, why does it have to, you know, why, right. why do we have to just plan on people not being excited about what they do? Um, you know, even, even for you being a nurse 10 years, you can definitely hear the excitement that you have for your job. And I just think that's so cool and something that really needs to be replicated. Yeah. And I would say that the, a, a lot of that comes with the fact that I, I love physically like my job. I love what I do specifically. I've had jobs where I, I didn't necessarily enjoy it as much. I was like, well, what can I learn here? What can I do with this? Um, you know, there are those unfortunately jaded nurses who have been doing it for a while. Maybe they're in a position they don't like or that, you know, they've just been burnt out for so long and they haven't done anything to kind of go against that. And that builds up inside you to a point where you start letting it out at other people. And I, I've moved jobs. I've done a lot in my career. And for the most part, I did those jobs because I wanted to. And then I found what enjoyment I could in them and then moved on to something else. Um, not because I didn't necessarily enjoy those jobs or, or aspects of them, but I felt like I learned what I needed to. And then I set the bar a little bit higher. And that's kind of just how my brain works. You know, everybody's a little bit different, but you know, no reason to pull somebody down with me if I'm having a bad day. Such a good attitude to have, Austin. I mean, we were all, what I remind myself is we were all nursing students at one point. Mm -hmm. So give them a little bit of grace and maybe a little bit of advice that you wish you had received when you were coming up. So um, so I appreciate that. Just to change topics a little bit, uh, you have a number of certifications, seven to be exact, um, and you have spoken on the importance of certification. So how would you say that certification has impacted your career? Throughout the process of getting of getting the seven that I have, obviously I have all fight from uh, five in emergency nursing from BCN, uh, general emergency, pediatric emergency, trauma, transport, and flight. And I have physically done all of those, except for technically I was never a, a dedicated pediatric emergency nurse, um, but I do take care of kids. I worked in mixed age. A kid walks through that door, you still have to be able to do it, right? Mm -hmm. um, got my adult CCRN because there is a criticality point that goes past the emergency room that especially in now, uh, recent times when you are boarding these patients, congratulations, you are now an ICU nurse. You do not have a choice. Right? <laughs> right. And, and you need to do the best for that patient. So we got to do it. Um, and then my last is certified in neonatal and pediatric transport. And I did that before I started taking care of the kids because it's a almost like, an, like a critical care specific to neopeds in the transport filter. So that's why I did those. Um, and I did them kind of as I, as my career evolved and I moved through the different areas from trauma to the emergency room, to transport, to flight, to ground transport. It just made sense, you know, with my trajectory. Mm -hmm. And I did them as I moved into them. It's impossible to literally know everything. It's impossible, right? But I'm trying my best because there's going to be a time where I meet a patient and I don't know what I'm looking at. I don't know what that disease means. I don't know what that medicine is, but if I put in the effort to learn it so that I have as much knowledge as I possibly can, when I do encounter it, I won't be scared and then they won't be scared. 
Um, and so that's essentially what it meant for me. It's they're, they're check marks on what I perceive as I know it, I can do this. So when I pull up to patients, and I still do, even though I've been a nurse for almost 10 years, I pull up to patients and I go, I don't know exactly what I'm looking at. Sometimes, obviously, we know the majority of patho. We know what's wrong with them. We know what's going on. But there are some very rare patients where you pull up and you're like, what is, what is wrong with them? What's going on? Maybe there's no imaging and they don't even know what's wrong with them. So, you know, certification helped me feel much more comfortable going out into a literal like blank canvas. I don't know what it's going to be. Um, and I felt like I've experienced it at least through words, through, you know, scenarios, whatever the case is. Um, so it helps me be more confident. And then when patients see it, they see that you're certified or your coworker see you're certified, your manager see you're certified. They feel much more confident in you. They'll ask you questions. We'll be in the middle of a critical care call. Even, you know, my, my critical care medic of many years, Shane will, Shane will look at me and we'll, He'll say something and I'll say something and we just go, yeah, sure, let's do it. Because we don't, you know, we just we're comfortable and confident with each other. And I think that's a part of it too. So Austin, you um you had mentioned, you know, your certifications and, and all of the requirements and the lifelong learning that goes with that. And I have people ask me a number of times myself, how how do you keep up with all the CEs? How do you do all of this and and still keep up with everything? Uh, so how do you, I, I do want to ask you another question before I turn it completely over to Holly, but how do you keep up with the education requirements for transport, ground, uh, whether it's ground or flight, um, working in ICU area, ER areas, maintaining CEs, like how do you do all of this stuff? Do you breathe in between? <laughs> uh, so it depends. Uh, it depends on the year. Um, as my, as I naturally grew through my career, as time lengthened out, uh, that's kind of as I, you know, move through the different certifications. So luckily they are staggered. I don't have to do all of them at the same time. You know, I'm not trying to do 700 in one year. Um, and so they're staggered out a little bit. I almost have like a rotation with them. I know what year it is and I know what certification is coming up so that I know uh, kind of what CEUs I need to focus on. Um, uh, if you've seen my Instagram, I know a lot of the different courses that are available. And as new ones come available, a lot of people send them to me too. And I'm like, oh, that looks really interesting. Um, I, I look to see like what the available options are. Will something speak to me as a person or will something speak to me as the provider in my specific job that interests me that offers CEs? And so now we know, you know, BCN has learned live twice a year and that's about 14 CEUs, and that's not nothing. Two of those is almost 30. If you need 100, well, we're almost there. So there's that. There's the, in Florida, 24 required ones to get your CE, uh, your renew your license every two years. So you can make a good amount of progress, just things that are required of you to keep your job. Um, we have CEUs that we have to do through work um, on various topics. They'll offer an, an arterial line insertion course. Go do it. You know, grab the CEUs from that. Um, I have spreadsheets, like actual spreadsheets, Google, Google Doc um, and Google Excel spreadsheets for each of them. And if I go do a course, I will write in uh, the course and where I did it and the number of hours I get uh, so that it kind of totals them up for me. So I'll, I do that. And then, yeah, every time I go to a class, I'll just write it down and always looking for something interesting. Um, I, I try to do CEs from the organization I'm certified through. So for BCN, they have obviously BCN Learn, the entire platform is there. And there's a lot of things that are available to you 
to literally put right into the seed tracker. And if you get enough on BCN itself, it'll just, you know, be like, perfect. You got a hundred, cool, congrats. Um, but if not, you can always add it to your to your own little uh, spreadsheet. Um, but I'll do them through there. Look for what's what do they have for peds? What do they have for trauma? For the AACN and the CCR running, um, certification, I'll, I can go through them as well. Uh, they have uh, a large CE library. The ENA has a CE library. Um, and then the NCC for the CNPT, they have um, specific Neopeds things for transport. And they usually offer some bundles and stuff too. So I'm like, can I save some money and get some CEs out of it? Um, look and see what's available. And after I'm done, I write it down. Write it down immediately too, so you don't get, you don't get lost. Yeah, yeah, that's the key. Keeping on top of it is sometimes the most difficult thing. So thank you for sharing those those tips and those ideas. And, you know, before I turn it over to Holly completely, I did want to ask you, you mentioned starting a 22 gauge IV on the tarmac at four in the morning, you mentioned holding that pediatric patient. And, you know, you've obviously had some really uh, interesting, really neat experiences in your nursing career, but is there a specific person or even a specific moment um, since you've been a nurse that has really impacted you? Um, let's see. Uh, one of the most Im impactful moments of my entire career actually happened within our first month of our, um, our, our schooling. I wasn't even a nurse yet. You know, I considered myself at that point almost not even a nursing student. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And we were watching a, watching a movie kind of about the history, um, history of nursing way back when. And um, my professor, Greg Brickman, shout out to you, love you to death. Um, she was showing us this video, this big compilation video. I remember we all were, a lot of us were crying during it, but you know, that's fine. Um, I'm an emotional person, I'm not sorry about it. And uh, they essentially showed us the uh, Virginia Henderson's theory of nursing. Why do we do what we do and what do we do? And it's a pretty long quote, um, but essentially it means that a nurse does for somebody what they would do if they had the requisite um, strength, will, or knowledge. My job is to help you. If you don't have the strength to do something, I will help you. If you don't have the will to do it, I will help you. If you don't have the knowledge to do it, I will help you. My job is to either prevent disease, help you feel better, or if you are dying, make that peaceful. That's my job. And I remember like, seeing that on the screen and hearing it was like one i'm gonna cry um and then two uh it's it has stuck with me this entire time i've never forgot it and i and I find myself in a lot of situations where i'm in the back of the ambulance with a patient and we're kind of bouncing down the road and i'm sitting here like what what am i doing for this person other than um being a fancy uber what are we doing getting them from one one place to another of course i'm watching them but i'm like can I, can I make a difference in your life somehow, right? Um, and I think I've actually based most of my career around that. Awesome, thank you for sharing that. That's, uh, that's really powerful. You know, we do hear of like specific patient instances and things, but I, I think it's really neat that you shared that, that moment um, where something that somebody shared with you, a, a mentor of nursing school and nurse leader shared with you that's really impacted uh, not just one instance of a patient care, but really your entire career and countless patients that have been impacted by that. So uh, that's really, really great. Thank you for sharing. Of course, it means a lot to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Austin, I can, I can tell. And just hearing you say that, I was like, man, that is such a good perspective to keep kind of in the forefront. You know, I mean, I feel mm -hmm. like nursing in general, there's chaos and there's busyness and there's things that we don't love about it. But end of the day, like, what are we really there for? And I feel like you really 
you've, you've, you've kept that at the heart of what you're doing. So thank you. I do have a few more questions for you. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure you're, you're ready <laughs> to, to quit being like, and what about this? And what about this? But maybe not. You, you seem to take this in stride. So um, <laughs> it's probably why you're so good with nursing students. Um, here we go. Two road fire questions. What would you be doing if you were not in your current role? Um, this probably will not surprise you. Um, I am also a certified personal trainer. Um, mm-hmm. And I have two specialty certifications in that also. Um, and that's more of a hobby, but, uh, again, it was a situation where I wanted to learn as much as I could about human health and, and nutrition, all that kind of stuff. Um, quite frankly, I would probably be like a, like an orange theory coach, because <laughs> I do, I do enjoy orange theory fitness. I think the classes are funny. Um, and you can semi dance to dance music while sweating your butt off. But, um, I would probably be doing something like that. Human health and nutrition are, are really interesting to me and they kind of go hand in hand with what we do. So probably I'd be a, I'd probably be a personal trainer. That's awesome. All right. I have some favorites in favorite categories here. So um, what would, what would you say is your favorite book? It can be like one you're currently reading or, you know, best of all time. All right. So this is, it's going to get pretty nerdy. Um, So there is a video game series from the early 2000s called Guild Wars. And I have been playing it so long that my original character from the early 2000s is 18 years old, physically 18 years old in this video game. (laughs) Um, and so I've clearly, I like it a lot. It means, it means a lot to me too, in a nostalgic way. And they made a book series when they started to create Guild Wars 2. And there's three books. And the first one is the only one I actually care about. Um, cause the, I, there's something about it. The story, I really enjoyed it. And then they got different authors for the second one and different authors for the third one. So those ones I didn't like so much. Um, but it, it's called Guild Wars, the ghosts of Ascalon. Don't worry about it. But, um, yeah, that's my favorite one. I actually reread it um, probably at least once a year, but more often if I feel like I, you know, it's been too long. Oh, I feel like you're, I feel like the investment that you have there, it's worth it. And I love a book that you can go back and read <laughs> right. and reread. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, depending, sometimes depending on where you're at in life, you know, when you reread a book, like certain things you pick up on differently you know like certain chapters speak to you differently when you're reading at that time so i love that okay so your favorite movie um of all time is avatar one uh the you know avatar two just came out well Mm -hmm. uh avatar one i don't know what it is and my parents say that it was because when i was a kid i used to watch fern gully a lot it was you know uh tearing down the rainforest like no be good to nature or something like that clearly you understand that i'm a i'm I'm an emotional person so uh i don't remember ever watching that movie my parents say that i don't remember that um but (laughs) avatar one i don't know what it is um i just think it was like it's really cool to watch and i think at that point it was one of the most like action-packed movies uh, in a different world and the the effects were just Mm -hmm. so different than anything we'd really ever seen i just watched it over and over and over again I'm not necessarily super into like, not sci-fi, but just like movies yeah. shot in like other realities. That's not always been like something that yeah. I enjoy. However, yeah. I will say that that movie, just the way that it was shot, the storyline, like it was like, you couldn't, I don't know, for me, I'm like, I don't know anybody who could watch this and not be like impressed in some kind of way. Right. So right. if you know what the story, what's going on, you're just like, wow, that's pretty neat looking. Cool. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. Favorite song. Um, my current one is 
Midnight Sky by Miley Cyrus. And I think it's because in the music video, it's a little PG-13, but uh, the music video, she has like a blonde mullet. And I don't know if you noticed, I currently kind of have a blonde mullet. So it really spoke to me. Ah. <laughs> you, like, you like her hairstyle twin, I got you. Uh-huh. One to put down for the books. And then, okay, so, you know, you're from the South. So, I mean, I'm not saying we have the best food, but if you had to pick a comfort food or meal that you really enjoy, what would you have? So um, a lot of people will probably agree with me on this. I, I've been a vegetarian for um, 16 years. So you have to make the chicken nuggets like vegetarian now. But as long as you have like a vegan or vegetarian chicken nugget, that and mac and cheese, done. Like my my middle school lunch, I'll, I'll eat it every day. No oh, question. That is amazing. Um, man. I, I would have, I don't know, like, I'm, uh, I would have guessed something else, but then at the same time, no, yeah, I d- I that didn't, seems right. <laughs> I didn't think when he told us he was holding two uh, personal trainer certifications that mac and cheese <laughs> and chicken nuggets were coming. I mean, you can balance the macromolecules in it. And as long as you exercise a little bit, like you'll be fine. Oh my goodness. You like how you like how he turned that into like an answer that fully satisfies his brain and his belly. Like hey, I I totally expected an answer on that. So that's good. Hey. Everything in, in moderation, right? Exactly. Love that. Okay. Um, I mean, Austin, you you have, you know, just so many things that you seem to be interested in and so many things that you've gobbled up all the knowledge on but do you have any other hobbies or interests outside of nursing outside of personal training um i do i i spend a lot of time um playing video games and i think it kind of goes back to the video games i've been playing for years and years and years and um you know even like it goes back to my favorite movies and, and tv shows and things like that i like things that maybe don't occur in this world maybe the storylines kind of do but they don't because it's uh it's fun. It's magical. It's different. It's interesting. It's, you know, it's something different because a lot of our job, and we both know this, a lot of our job can, can kind of weigh on you after a while. And maybe there's something in there that helps me, you know, kind of not deal with it because it doesn't really hurt me in a way. Uh, maybe it just kind of helps me not feel so grounded all the time with the stuff that we're surrounded by. Um, I was working in the trauma bays during the Stoneman Douglas shooting, the Parkland shooting. So we've, we've been through a lot of stuff in our careers, you know, and I think that the stuff that I like to do for fun and that keeps me like upbeat and, and kind of helps me get my mind off of stuff, not, not process it, but, you know, work through it in a manageable way. Um, you know, I think that's kind of where it goes back to, um, when this podcast is over, the video game is going right back on. <laughs> yes. I, I must agree that every now and again, and I'm not very good at video games, um, but I, I do like a good game of Mario Kart and um, some of those, some of the Harry Potter Lego <laughs> game, like yeah. there's something about it. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a different world. So I agree. Well, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So Austin, if our audience would like to follow you on um, social media, where can they look you up? So uh, primarily on Instagram, uh, my handle is AJ in flight. And somebody said that when I changed to ground transport nursing, I should have changed it to AJ on the ground. And I said, absolutely not. So um, mm-hmm. AJ, right? uh, and from there, there's a link to my LinkedIn. If you ever need support, if you have questions about certification, about a class you want to go do, education, anything, um, feel free to 
to hit me up there. Well, Austin, thank you so much for joining with us and telling us more about yourself. As I had mentioned at the beginning of this recording, we we do know you. We've met you. We've talked with you. <laughs> you've spoken at some conferences in the past that we've attended, and um, it's great to get to know you a little bit more. So thank you for sharing a little bit about yourself uh, with us and with the guests on the spot that are listening to the podcast. I appreciate you guys having me. Of course, it's great to hear from you guys again. I look forward to seeing you in uh, just a few months again. We can't wait. I want to take this time to thank Austin for joining us for this episode of BCN and Friends. Thank you, Austin, for sharing your time, your professional journey, and your passion for emergency transport and critical care nursing with us. And to all of our listeners, we hope you will stay tuned as we continue with BCN and Friends and bring you new and meaningful content and perspectives. If you have a suggestion for an episode, please email us at bcn at bcn.org. I'm Holly Briggs here with Michael Dexter, and on behalf of the entire BCN team, we thank and celebrate you for all that you're doing as professional nurses across the emergency spectrum. Until next time, and we are out. <laughs>